ask you a couple of questions um, to which... Yeah, it's all right if you put your sunglasses on. I don't want them to see my eye. No. So, what's happened to your eye, Jen? Well, I had, um, yeah, I had contact with a marble floor in Samos in Greece at 11 o'clock one morning, uh, <laughs> and uh, so that meant that I um, bashed my head. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, isn't it? It, it is a shame. <laughs> and it, yes, has it had any uh, serious effects? Uh, no, it hurt for uh, a little while, but other than that, no, everything's all right, thank you. Good. So, Jan, a lot of us here don't know who you are. Just yeah. in a few words, what have you done in your life? Yeah, um, I was in the army for 26 years, and, um, and I was at Sandhurst in 1984, um, and then I left the army, and I worked for something called, an organisation called the Officers Christian Union, and which was now the Armed Forces Christian Union, and I also uh, set up a small organisation called Flame International, which you will hear a bit more about yeah. tonight. Okay, great. Well, that gives us a little flavour. What sort of person are you, though? How would you describe yourself? Uh, Personality? <laughs> Peculiarities, uh, passions. Yeah. yeah, I have a passion. Yeah. I have a passion for Jesus. And when I was converted in the army at the age of 29, I wanted to convert the world. And, um, I, and God said, stay in the army be, and, uh, because it was a huge mission field full, mostly, of unsaved men. And uh, so he left me there for 18 years before he released me to then become a missionary. Great. Right? Yeah, that's great. So we really look forward to hearing from you in a moment. But Bob from St. Martin's is going to bring our Bible reading now. That yeah, that's great. <laughs> Just in case anybody um, can't read the screen, I'll let you know that I am reading from Romans 10, verses 5 to 15. For Moses wrote that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But the way of getting right with God through faith says you don't need to go to heaven to find Christ and bring him down to help you. And it says you don't need to go to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. Salvation that comes from trusting Christ which is the message we preach, is already within easy reach. In fact, the scriptures say the message is close at your hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who believes in him will not be disappointed. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord who generously gives his riches to all who ask for them. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? 
That is what the scriptures mean when they say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't need to preach really, do I? That scripture has just touched my spirit. I've just come back from Greece and... um, uh, and I, I was reading this, and I just kept crying as I read it. That that you know, how how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? You know, we've and and and, and you know how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And really, I'm not going to preach on this scripture, but I'm going to use it as a springboard to ask how desperate are we to tell people about what Jesus has done for us on the cross and his resurrection power to save and to heal? Are we desperate to have beautiful feet, to be messengers for him? And, you know, I'm pleased. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. Because, you know, I do believe the Lord is on the move in, in, in our town and in our churches. And we may not be seeing hundreds of people coming on Alpha courses or accepting Jesus into their lives in droves. Um, but, but, we're probably not seeing hundreds, but I believe we are seeing um, ones and twos. And, and that obviously excites me because Jesus goes after the one, after the one, after the one. And actually, that's how he multiplies into the kingdom. Um, and many of us, you know, certainly in my sphere, have a heart for the poor. Um, and we've got the all-night cafe um, in Camberley. The churches are working together with Beeson, with, um, with the street angels, uh, and with Healing on the Streets, just to name two or three. I know there are many more activities going on in Camberley, um, so forgive me if I haven't mentioned the one that you're involved with. Um, but, but I believe, and so I think the Lord has a significant plan uh, for Camberley and the Surrey Heath area. Um, and, you know, so I just want to say, but how desperate are we to see hundreds coming? How desperate are we to, to really uh, want to see his kingdom come, the kingdom of Jesus Christ come in Camberley? Are we prepared to make sacrifices? Are we prepared to spend energy and be tired or spend our money um, to advance the kingdom or use our time to advance the kingdom? Will we die to self? And are we desperate to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? You know, how desperate are we to take, are are we prepared to take risks for Jesus in this town and in this area where we live, where we work, where we have influence? Even in our families, you know, I've spoken to people who've got, and, and I would say I've got Even in my own family, there are people... Actually, I don't know of any other Christians in my family, um, my wider family, and that's all I've got left at the moment. But I don't feel sorry for me, but actually, how many of us have got people who either don't know Jesus, have never known Jesus, or are prodigals? They've known him and they've gone away. How many of us? And I've spoken to people and said, oh, I don't want to put them off. Actually... 
we, it, we, no, but it, we don't want to put them off, but actually we don't want them to be lost forever either. We want them to know the Lord Jesus Christ so in fact they step into his kingdom forever, for eternity. And, I'm, and actually, when there are people in your family, and I've just recently recommitted to, to, um, to pray more fervently for them, for my family, my wider family, cousins, second cousins. Um, and actually, I'm going to tell them, and they won't like it. They won't like it, but I've, I've come to a point where unless I do something, I'm, I'm, uh, unless I take the risk, they're never going to be in heaven. And that's where I want them to be, because I want to share eternity with my family. And actually, and, and that's what we've got. And, and actually, I've got people who I was friends with in the army. And, you know, maybe I didn't like to tell them about Jesus uh, because I might offend them. And I did tell them, and I did offend them. And, you know, I just believe that God has a plan for this Surrey Heath area, and I want to be part of it. I travel a huge amount because uh, you, you, you may not know in Flame International, we go to places... Um, uh, war-torn countries, really, um, places like South Sudan, northern Uganda. Um, we've been into Rwanda, Burundi, we're Pakistan, um, and I've been into many nations. So I travel. Next week, I go to Jordan to minister to Iraqi refugees. Uh, when I come back three weeks later, I'm going into Pakistan. So I, I can't spend a lot of time, my, my time here in Camberley. Part of the problem is... Um, at 63, when I come back from these mission trips, taking short-term mission, I'm absolutely exhausted. But actually, am I prepared to press through that and then to do things here, like healing on the streets or something, where I would, which I'd love to do more of? But I just want to tell you, I want to tell you a few things. At the end of August, I took a next-generation team between the age of 19 and 35 to refugee camps in northern Uganda, full of refugees from South Sudan who have been, who, who have been um, kicked out because mostly because the Sudanese People's Liberation Army are killing people. That's because the army uh, is are doing terrible, uh, just uh, awful atrocities. Um, and so that's so. So we went to minister to the youth of of the nation in northern U Uganda. And when we arrived, there was torrential rain. Have, if you've ever been to Africa, when it rains, it's just not like drizzle, like it was this afternoon. It kind of comes. It flourishes. It flows. And we were we were kind of ankle deep. We got to this refugee camp after two hours driving there and we're ankle deep in mud and at this time the refugees, young men and women, uh, probably 15, 16, up to 30 they're, they're, they're so excited that we're there and they're singing their hearts out and you know what it's like with the Africans. They sing their hearts out with joy real joy and they were so excited that people had come to this refugee camp to see them. They only get 12 um, kilograms of maize a month to feed them per person. It's not enough to feed them. The UN just don't have that enough money to give them the, the, the right amount of food. Fortunately, we go there for four days and we, um, t we tell them all about Jesus and his healing power. 
and um, uh, and we also take food with us or money for food. So they get fed physically and they get fed spiritually as well. But um, but these kids, that's all they were. They were in a desperate situation. That's what I'm telling you about, is that knee, ankle deep, I can't say knee because it wasn't, ankle deep, um, ankle deep in mud. But they were so excited. They, they're sleeping under the tarpaulins that you UNHCR give them, just sleeping on the floor. But, you know, when we were there, in their desperation, they were feeding on the food we were giving them physically, but they were also feeding on the food spiritually. And uh, th- th- we had about 50 of them in the first four days, and at least seven of them committed their lives to Jesus. We were talking about we were talking about grief and loss. Many of them can't go to school, and if they do go to school, there's probably a hundred in the class. They've taken all the chairs out of any building. At chairs and, and tables so that they can fit as many people in. The kids are looking through the windows so that they can hear. The teachers are not paid, but they're and they and they are desperate for they are desperate for schooling. They're desperate, but while we were there, they were desperate for Jesus. And that's what was so exciting. And we saw them, um, you know, we were, I was talking at one stage about grief and loss. And these young men, mostly they were young men, and they came up and they sobbed their hearts out. And we were just enveloping them with God's love. We just loved on them. And, and you know, and they were, you know, when we left, we knew that Jesus had met with them in a way that he hadn't met with them for a long time. We then, I'm mindful of the time, so, but we then moved on. So we, so we then moved to another camp. Um, and this time, and there was a real spirit of hopelessness in this place. And the kids were so desperate about their schooling, we got them to actually release their, their schooling to God and, allow, and trust him. And there was one young man, he must have been about 18, and he'd been promised schooling. And uh, anyway, he had to leave early because when he trusted God, he then uh, two days after that, he was told he had a scholarship in Kenya and he went. You see, when uh, these people are they're desperate and they're desperate for Jesus on this same in this same camp, uh, they uh, we also had some pastors come. Um, and um, I got one of the young adults who was a, a 19, uh, who was on our team, to come and pray with this guy. He had a bad leg, and he, he was kind of walking like this, and, and he said, I said, do you want prayer? So I got Lewis to pray for him, and he prayed for his leg, and then I said, okay. I said, um, how is it? Oh, he said, and he was running around like this, and, saying, uh, and then he, he, ha- he needed to test it, so he was stamped. I mean, he was really... He couldn't move it before stamping his leg and he said I'm healed and you know there is no GP there is no medicine there is nothing and people were getting healed by the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ and we just and and why because they were desperate I went to a church there was 
Um, uh, 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 well, and I was on my own because the team went out in pairs, but I'm allowed to go on my own. And I've been there before. So I was preaching to about 500. And I said, does anybody want healing? And about 200 of them came up. I was on my own. So, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm praying for them. I say, no, you, it was a quick prayer. You know, it was, I could see the queue. And, um, and, it, and anyway, so I was just laying hands on them, laying hands on them. And um, saying, are you okay? Yeah. And they go, yeah, I'm okay. And they walk off. And the next one, I'm okay. So I have no idea whether anything is going on. Because okay means I'm okay. You know, not I'm healed. Anyway, after the service had finished, the, the, the clergy, because it, it happens to be Anglican where we're, we're working with the Anglican Church in, in Sudan. And um, the clergy said, would you like to put your hand up if you've had a measure of healing? Nearly all of them put their hands up. Why? Because they were desperate. Not because I've got any miraculous power myself, because I haven't. I'm just an ordinary two-bit person who takes risks, I think, is probably the best way of putting it. but, But actually, Jesus came, and their desperation and their faith, combined with a bit of mine, meant that they were healed. And they were coming up to me afterwards. I was sitting outside the church waiting for hours for the transport to pick me up and um, they kept coming Jan thank you thank you listen this is not glory for me this is glory for Jesus because they were desperate they were desperate there was nothing else that they could do let me just tell you another story and um, and then I'll tell you then I will do what I think sometimes holds us back but uh, we went to, I went to, we then went, four of us went to do a pilot course to the Sudanese People's Liberation Army in Juba, which is the capital of South Sudan. The, and we went to the chaplains of the SPLA, the, the army. And um, they are all men, they're all soldiers. They all have blood on their hands. They will all have killed people. I know that. But God has given me a heart for soldiers because that's, you know, that's where I came from. That's who I ministered to for 26 years. And um, we saw amazing things happen. You see, if these chaplains are converted, the Sudanese People's Liberation Army may not then go and kill and loot and rape people. And we're praying for revival in the army of of, of South Sudan because if the army are revived and changed, there will be life back into um, into this nation. And we were ministering, and we speak on forgiveness, and I spoke on forgiveness. These guys um, were, were getting a hard time because people don't like the army. And one guy, he was put in a vehicle, and um, he, or put, he went in the vehicle to go home one night, and he was dropped off several miles from the place that he had been, that he'd wanted to get out of. Out, you know, he'd wanted to get home so he could go up here home. He was taken miles away deliberately and then put out. And he came the next morning and he said, when I got out, I chose to forgive and I chose to bless them. Another guy, he came the next day. I've never had these type of testimonies where they've had to forgive after we've done the teaching. And he'd had his phone stolen. Remember, they haven't been paid for six months. We didn't know this, but they haven't been paid for six months. And they've got no money. Anyway, his phone was stolen. And he came in and he said, I'm at peace. 
because I've forgiven the man who stole my phone. You see, and, and then we had um, a message through from one of our intercessors who, who had, had a picture of frozen pipes. Now, Juba, at the week we were there, was it 28 degrees and it was humid. humid. It was the, uh, how was I going to explain to them about frozen pipes and a blockage? Well, the bishop who was there, Bishop Samuel Penny, he said, tell them it's like having paper in it. Because, of course, they don't know what ice is particularly. So tell them about this paper. So, and that we're, so I said, okay, so I abandoned the teaching. And I just asked the Holy Spirit to come. And we, and we stood there nearly an hour. And as we stood there, the Holy Spirit melted their hearts. These are men with blood on their hands who kill, loot, and rape. And Jesus was touching their hearts. And one guy, the next day, I didn't know what was going on, but I know that God was doing some extraordinary things. The next day, one guy came, and he was a major in the army and a chaplain. And he said, yesterday, God said to me, you're a stiff-necked people. He said, and then I just waited on him. He said, then he told me, Nothing is impossible with God. You see, God was speaking scripture to him in the power of the Holy Spirit. And and then he was weeping and weeping. These are men who are tough men. And all around the room, there was two women there and, and, and three women on our team and a bloke but they were all men but they were they were weeping they were being broken they were being touched by the power of the holy spirit and i believe revival and we is going to come into the armed forces of south sudan and why they're desperate they're desperate Sorry if I'm a bit emotional, but I care so much because actually innocent people are being killed, raped and looted. Children. I, I can't tell you what's going on, but, 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 but I do know that they're desperate and therefore they were getting healed. Nearly every one of those soldiers were healed to some measure. Nearly every one. I can't tell you. The first one that got healed was the chief chaplain of the prisons. And he said, Jan, I've got malaria. This is on the first day, just after the opening address, where all these generals and things were there. And um, so uh, he, I've got malaria. So we prayed for him. Immediately at 10.30 that morning, he was healed of malaria. And he was there for the rest of the five days. Perfectly all right. Perfectly all right. You see, we're seeing, but they're desperate. And, and what, what I want to say to us, I'll, I'll leave, I've got lots more stories, but I'll leave them. But what I want to say to us, what stops us telling people? What stops us? Fear is one of the things. Chris, would you come and help me? Can this, uh, this is, I'm afraid what we do in Flame International is illustrate things. Um, there are three types of fear. There's the fear of God. There's a the fear of danger. So when I go to the edge of a cliff, I'm fearful so that I, and that stops me going over. But there's also ungodly fear where we take fear on. And I want you to imagine, you don't have to imagine it really, he, that, that Chris, no, Chris is going to lead an alpha course. And everything... You, everything is um, is wonderful, really, because he's excited. He's done it. He has done it before, 
And, uh, but then, unfortunately, and I've lost my list, <laughs> and then, unfortunately, oh, yes, he, all of a sudden, fear comes on to him. And he said, and what, and he'll say, think, what will people think of me when I ask them to come on an alpha course? And uh, so fear creeps in. Neil, can I borrow you? Can you come and just hold, could you hold Chris's leg for me, please? Right. His ankle. Yeah, okay. And then... So that's one feel. I, just to tell you, I was well, about 16 years ago, I was doing an Alpha course and I walked in. I, no, I was speaking on the Holy Spirit Day on an Alpha course and across somebody's forehead I saw intellectual. And the one thing I'm not is intellectual. And um, I, I go into absolute fear about it. So I walk out and I had somebody with me and we prayed and I came back in and I was all right. But fear can creep in when you, you, know, you, d- you don't really want it to. Um, and then, um, and so the next one is, what if somebody comes on the course and I lose my reputation because it's rubbish? Can you, could you come and help me? Is it John? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then, so, so then, and then another thought comes into, wow, this is not politically correct. It's not really going to go down very well. Pete, would you mind? Sorry, I haven't warned any of them, Dart. So, uh, so, so, so the third one. And the fourth one uh, was, the, the fourth fear was, Chris just feared looking foolish. Well, you know, this may not work. Nobody may turn up. There may only be one person. You know, I'm going to look foolish. How many of us worry about our reputations, about what we look like, what people might think when you talk to them, you know, at Tesco, at, at Tesco checkout about the Lord Jesus Christ? We don't want to look foolish. Bob, could I borrow you? And uh, thank you. So now, when Chris... When Chris tries to move forward to run the Alpha course, it's actually fear cripples us. Fear, so Chris, for goodness sake, get on with the Alpha course. You know, I want, I want you to go. Yeah. But you see, Jesus doesn't want us to be fearful. You know, and unbelief is one of the masters of fear, unbelief, because we're not trusting God. And, but as I say to Chris, Chris, are you prepared to repent of these fears in the name of Jesus? Do you forgive yourself and you forgive other people? So in the name of Jesus, we ask fear to go. We tell fear to go. And we ask Jesus just to lift off the fear. Just lift off the fear. Chris, would you like to now just be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in, your, in doing the, the, um, the Alpha course? Thank you. You see, fear, fear can stop us. And it has stopped me in the past. And I'm not, so I'm only, I'm pre, you're, you know, I'm coming from a place of understanding how fear can have an impact upon us. And actually, if we're desperate, if we're desperate, we won't worry about fear. We won't worry about unbelief. We'll just get on and do it. And let's see his kingdom come in Camberley, in Surrey Heath. 
where we have influence, where we have got the opportunities to witness about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's see his kingdom come in our families more and more. Let's, you know, take risks. Let's be desperate for Jesus. Amen. Wow. Um, So we're going to trust God to respond. And so we're going to stand and sing, Here I am, Majesty. And what I just sense that is, are you open for the Lord Jesus to move you forward? Are you open for, as we saw with Chris, for the bondage of the things that hold you back to be released from you in Jesus' name? Jan talked about forgiveness. Um, Several days ago, I was aware that someone here is angry with God. And it's time to let that go. He wants to make peace with you. Maybe it's a situation that happened a long time ago. And whenever that comes up, you say, why Lord? Why Lord? It's time to let go. So forgiveness. Maybe just we sing this song that you know that that fear, as I said with the nursery, I came to the sense that, Lord, I don't mind losing my reputation in this. But every so often it comes back, the wave, and I have to remind myself, it's his problem, not mine. It's he started this. So as we sing this song, Jesus is here and he is starting the work, whether it's forgiveness, taking away the fear, whether he wants to put desperation in your heart to fill you with his spirit again. And I'm not assuming that everybody here knows Jesus. So maybe if you don't know Jesus or you did a while ago and you're just tootling along and he says, I want to take you deeper, then today is that moment. So we're going to stand And as this song is, we sing it, sing it with all your heart. Sing it with the desperation. Lord, here I am. I want to be part of your plan for Surrey Heath. I want to see my family come to know you. I want to walk free. Because as we start singing, Jesus is doing the work. We've seen when we worship with everything, people are healed, people are forgiven without us saying any special prayers. Because that's Jesus. He meets with us. So are your hearts ready to receive? Are you willing to have your eyes open? He's here. You're here. So it's that time. Let's stand. Let's him meet with us as we meet with him. Here I am, Majesty.
Presence of your majesty. 